This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the beautiful hill country of Texas. All right, I'm going to get right on with the interview because today we are interviewing Alex and Stephen Kendrick. You know them as the Kendrick brothers. We have both of the brothers on the show today to talk about their new film, Life Mark, which is in theaters tomorrow, September 9th through September 15th. And I am going. You need to go check out the trailer in the show notes. I have the trailer. LifeMarkMovie.com is the website. This trailer is the best trailer I've ever seen. And I cannot wait. This movie is a pro-life film. Celebrates adoption. It's the true story. It's the fruit of a documentary called I Lived on Parker Avenue, which our sister program of the Human Rights Education and Relief Organization, there's the two programs, Vulnerable People Project and Movie to Movement, Movie to Movement actually had the privilege of working on the film, uh, on the documentary that spawned this great narrative feature film, uh, Life Mark. So let's just get on with the interview. You got to see the you see the trailer. You're going to the movie. I'm buying out an entire Showtime this coming Saturday here in San Antonio for my children and their homeschool posse. All right. Um, by the way, the Kendrick brothers are unbelievable and unabashedly pro life unabashed this is the kind of guys that these guys are unbelievable all right let's just get on with the show this episode is being brought to you by the vulnerable people project standing in solidarity with the most vulnerable people in the world where it is most challenging and i want to thank you because this week we met our fundraising goals to cover all of our big initiatives that we had for this the past couple of months including women's medical center a water system security guards and camera systems for girls schools across Afghanistan, not to mention evacuations and resettlements. You, our donors are unbelievable because I will often write checks with my mouth that VPP cannot cash with the money we have in the bank. I call it putting a knife to my own throat or drowning myself. I take, I grab myself by the hair and then I shove my head underwater. Then I have to fight my way up to breathe to fulfill the commitments that I make. For example, 260, I always say 250, but it was actually 260 Afghans who fought alongside America in the war on terror who were being hunted by the Taliban were let out of their safe houses June 1st in the middle of the night. New organizations had to come in and, and take responsibility for paying that. I committed to four months of housing and food. I didn't have the money, but I trusted you, our donors. That's what I'm saying. I trusted you. I said, we've got that. By we got that, I mean I'm going to ask our supporters. I'm going to ask the listeners of the Jason Jones Show, and I'm confident that we're going to – I actually didn't say that. I said, we got that. But in my head, I'm like, Eesh, here we go. But thanks to you, um, our generous donors, those 260 people are safe. People are being resettled. Girls are going to school safely. Families have clean water, and women are getting proper medical attention. So thank you very much. And if you want to be a part of it, if you're like, hey, I'm not a part of this, go to thegreatcampaign.org, become a monthly donor. Now you're on the team. This episode is also being brought to you by MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell, you know it. He makes the best pillows. And that guy's a mensch. 
like the Kendrick brother. These guys are good guys. We want to support good guys. We're going to Life Mark. Then we're going to come home. Kanak Attack, you had uh, popcorn, a big Coke, a hot dog, a pretzel, and um, snow caps. Now you're tired. You just watched a movie. You ate inappropriately. Now you need a nap, but you got the Giza Dream sheets that you got for a great price. You got the mattress topper. You're good to go. Go to MyPillow.com, use the code Jones, and you get a deep discount on all those great products. And always, if you want to stay free, you need to stay informed. The first place you need to go every morning is Epoch Times. Go to iReadEpoch.com, use the code Jason Jones, and for a dollar, you get a subscription for one month, $77 for the year. All right, on with my interview with the Kendrick Brothers. These guys are, to steal a word from my, my buddy Steve Bannon, these guys are epic. Here we go. Jason Jones Show. Aloha, Steven and Alex Kendrick. Welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. Glad to be a part of the program, buddy. Okay, let me tell you something. I just I watched your trailer to your new movie coming out tomorrow, Life Mark. It got first of all, it's thrilling. It made me laugh. Then it gave me goosebumps, and then I cried. And that's the trailer. <laughs> yes, score, score. Did you? I mean, I'm also a filmmaker. Trailers can be challenging. Oh yeah, this trailer. I've never wanted to see a movie more. This trailer's perfect, and I cannot wait. I'm going to be first in line tomorrow at the theaters at this Fathom event. I can oh, promise dude. you that. Thank you so much. Well, I would say go ahead and pre-buy your tickets because there's limited show times and limited seats we're finding. There's theaters that are selling out, and people that are planning on buying their tickets last minute may not be able to get a seat. So uh, just plan ahead. No, this movie's going to be a thing. I can tell. I mean, look. First of all, it touches on something right now in the wake of the overturning of Roe versus Wade. It, it touches on abortion. It touches on adoption. Uh, it's about a young man whose life is turned upside down when his birth mother reaches out for him in a beautiful way. And I remember seeing the documentary, I Lived on Parker Street or Parker Avenue. I forget, was it Street or Avenue? I forget. Avenue. It was awesome. And uh, But this film, I think, is going to be a sensation. So you're right. I'm not only going to buy tickets for myself. I'm going to buy it out for my Children and all their homeschool friends been about a whole showtime. And I think this is one of those films that folks are going to want to do that. Can I ask you, I know that every buddy you meet pitches a movie to you. And <laughs> that's true. Everyone. In fact, after this, I'm going to email you guys. I got this script. That's just not a big deal. I'm just going to send it to you guys. Um, I'm sure you get that all the time, right? So how do you, I'm so grateful that the Kendrick brothers, the Kendrick brothers picked this film. Of all of the thousands of films that you get thrown at you, how what is your how do you decide what project you're going to do next, and why did you pick Life Mark? Uh, that's that's a great question, and and we've been asked that several times, and and this is the way we respond. First, our greatest asset is the favor of God. So whatever He is pleased with, He will bless. So that's the flow we want to be in, which means we have to be seeking Him, walking with Him. And when he directs us any direction from our previous film, we say, yes, Lord. And we start walking in that direction. This film is the first completely true story 
that we have encountered. Kirk Cameron called this in 2019 when we had just finished our movie Overcomer. He said, guys, I've just met some people and watched a short video about their journey. You've got to see this. When we watched it, the Lord tapped us on the heart and said, you're going to tell this story. So we partnered with Kirk. It's about an 18-year-old girl. She rolls off the abortion table at the last second as the doctor was starting the procedure. She says, stop, I can't do this. She chooses adoption and places the baby for adoption. He is adopted by a family that could not have their own children. They raised this baby who they named David. And when David turned 18 years old himself, he got to meet his biological mother. She thought he would hate her. And he wraps her up in a hug and just weeps with her and says, thank you, thank you, thank you for the decision you made. Thank you for choosing life, for letting me be adopted. I love my family. I just had to say thank you to, your, to, to, to you. And she just melts. And, and it brought some healing to her own heart. David today is in his 20s, newly married, and has just passed the bar and is now an attorney. And he is helping families adopt children today. Uh, Melissa, the biological mother, is now traveling around speaking, sharing her story, and ministering to other women in need. So we just thought, wow, you guys deserve to be honored. So we made this story life mark and included them. They're actually in the movie, and they were on set when we were filming. So they could speak into everything we were doing. And it was just an honor to do that. And again, if we can touch the heart of this generation to value what the Lord values, that is our goal. Yeah, I mean, one thing our Lord commands of us is to care for for orphans, right? And um, I heard an interview where you'd mentioned that, and I never thought of adopted children as orphans, but but they are. And so this is at the heart of the gospel, our responsibility to care for, for widows and orphans and young women and orphans. And isn't it strange that in our society we celebrate everyone, but there is a stigma around adoption, which I, for the life of me, I'm a film producer. My first movie was a little movie called Bella. And we didn't realize when we made that film that we were touching on adoption, which had been stigmatized. Is it something that you had thought about when making this film is trying to lift the stigma from adoption? Dude, I saw Bella in the theater with my wife and I cried at the end. I had no idea you made that movie. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was my first film and it was a real privilege to be a part of that film. And as you guys know, when you make films like this, next month or in two months, I'm going to be in Florida at a wedding from a woman who was scheduled to have an abortion, canceled her appointment because she saw the movie Bella and turned out she had twins and she's getting married next uh, in two months. And she invited my family and I, so we'll be there wow. with now these 13 year old twin girls and their mom at this wedding. And I cannot wait. And that's the impact. And that's why I'm buying out at least one showtime. And I'm going to do it today. Cause you're right. Um, I've worked in and around our films for a long time and, and I can see that this is going to be big and the timing couldn't be more perfect, right? As there's all of this debate and discussion that's happening at our dinner tables now and in our churches on abortion and what is the church's role, uh, now that Roe versus Wade is overturned and where, where do we fit in? And I think the obvious place is to care for these young women who find themselves and these crisis pregnancies. Well, I think people uh, who have been aiming their guns at Roe v. Wade for so many years and praying against it, they think this is the end game, overturning Roe v. Wade. 
it's only the touchdown in a it's one touchdown in a big long game, a big long journey because it has basically just taken the fight at the Supreme Court on the federal level and now dropped it down to 50 fights at 50 states. And now the battlegrounds are every state legislator is going to be pressured to either stand for the unborn or, or cave in to fake compassion through these pro-abortion organizations that make money off of the slaughtering of the unborn. And so it is so important that the church, we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We understand the bigger picture that they're not only uh, God not only makes us in the image of God and forms us in the womb, and uh, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And Jeremiah says he knows us before we're even born, knows us by name. Uh, it says in Luke 1, you know, the babe, Luke 1 and 2, the babe left in Elizabeth's womb when, she, when they heard the voice of Mary walking in the door. And it calls it a baby. It doesn't say a mass of tissues left in her womb. <laughs> it says the baby did. God knows that it is a child. And so uh, what are we supposed to do? Well, we are to, what is required of you, old man, Scripture says, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Right now, we have to love mercy and show compassion at every level. We should show compassion for a girl in an unwanted pregnancy who's afraid and feeling like that abortion is her savior, which it's not. Uh, But we should also show compassion for the child in her womb. We should show compassion for... People that cannot have kids that would love to adopt a child. And we should show compassion for those that have had abortions in the past and they're carrying this secret and the weight and the guilt of that on their shoulders. And at the end of Life Mark in theaters, we actually have someone share their testimony after the movie is over with about how Christ can bring healing and forgiveness if you had an abortion. So we're trying to show balanced compassion at every level, which is what the gospel would lead us to do. And we're not just saying it, but the church needs to be practicing it by not looking the other way when someone's in a ditch, but us getting our hands dirty, getting out of our comfort zone and saying that we're going to let love live out its actions in Christlikeness in our context. Well, I can't thank you enough for especially having it at the end of your film. You know, so many times filmmakers that touch on this issue will run from it. And it just makes my heart leap to hear that you are are looking at this head on. The truth is abortion for many of us, when I was 17 in, in the army, my high school girlfriend's father forced her to have a third trimester abortion while I was at Fort Benning, Georgia. And that's where, that was my inciting incident to my commitment to defend the child in the, the womb from violence. One out of three of us, abortion is the most tragic and intimate story in our life. And it's, it's strange the way Hollywood, um, the studios have avoided this topic because you can... The only way to address it honestly is to address it in a pro-life way. Otherwise, it's clearly propaganda. It's misrepresenting the real experiences that people have, the tragedy of the choice of abortion, the joy of the choice of life. And uh, I'm so grateful that you chose to make this film. Do you think um, there have been a lot of movies on this issue from our side, but none from the studios? Do you think they'll ever follow our lead or there's just no way that they can tell this story without promoting a false agenda? That is a great question. Scripture says that we are created in the image of God. And what does Satan want to do? And matter of fact, there's several times throughout history and throughout Scripture where you see the newly born or unborn being attacked. How many times does a king go out 
and, and, and Pharaoh, he crushes all the, the babies in the Hebrews or Herod goes and kills all the newborn babies trying to kill the Christ child. Um, there, there is this uh, anger of our enemy trying to destroy anything in the image of God he can. And so scripture says, defend those who cannot defend themselves. Well, that surely is these developing human lives or newly born human lives that cannot defend themselves. And so we do believe, take care of the widow, take care of the orphan, take care of those that cannot defend themselves. We're not even talking about people who are existing. Uh, I mean, these babies aren't existing in sin. They're not walking sinning yet. They're they're newborn babies, and there is hope, and there is redemption ahead of them. So we believe in doing what Jesus said to do. And so there were Hollywood studios that said, Kendrick Brothers, we want your movies, but not this one, not this one. And we said, we're going to make it anyway. The Lord will open a door, and he did. So God brought Fathom to us, and Fathom said, we'll put it in 1,500 studios, I mean, 1,500 theaters nationwide. Let's see what happens. So we are so grateful. So. What we would tell you is um, there are Hollywood studios right now making movies and, and television shows that promote abortion as the answer. That is not the answer. So we're telling a true story through this film, Life Mark, that, that is inspirational and it shows what can happen when we act wisely and we choose life and we honor the Lord. So. We are excited about what the Lord will do. And so, again, we, we encourage people on September the 9th, come out, watch this true story, and, and see what the Lord does in your own heart. Well, this is an activist audience, and they're, they're uh, always buying out theaters. And this is, I have, honest, this trailer, guys, the trailer's in the, in the link. I'm going to come back uh, the day after tomorrow. I'm going to do a review on this show, on this film. But can you tell me about, like, just the opening of the trailer I see skydiving, I see cliff diving, I see ATVs. Um, as a filmmaker, I'm looking at thinking of budgeting. What was going on there? It just it's, it seems like a lot of action adventure in this movie. Yeah, so that, that's a great question. It was, it was um, intriguing to us when we were talking to the actual people this movie is about, the real people. Part of their journey was that they were involved in things like cliff jumping for fun, skydiving, ATV racing. They were doing all these things. David, as he was growing up, he got involved in wrestling. So he competed in wrestling as he was growing up in school. So we put all those elements in the movie. We didn't have to create any of them. We said, if this really happened, we're sticking it in the film. So there, there is a wide range of those types of activities and actions in the film that, uh, again, are not created. They're just emulating what really happened in their lives. But again, more than that, there is heart. There is truth. There is redemption. Things that will grab your heart and make make you think. And just as a quick story, uh, we screened this movie about two weeks ago for a group. There was a 32-year-old man in the audience watching this film, reviewing it for us. And at the end of the film, he stands to the side as everyone's leaving. He walks over to him. He's got tears in his eyes. He says, Alex, I'm 32. My wife and I have not been able to have children. And I have been against abortion my wife has been open to it adoption I'm, i've been against adoption and my wife has been open to adopting a baby he said i'm watching this film and the lord taps on my heart halfway through the film and says you can do this so he said i'm my, my heart's melting and he said i'm gonna go tell my wife 
this, and I'm open to adoption. Let's do this. And I thought, oh, my goodness, thank the Lord. Lord, keep doing this across the nation. Things like this, grabbing hearts and changing lives and pointing them toward you, toward redemption, toward love, and toward helping those that need it. No, this is the world is going to change after tomorrow. I want to close with two questions, kind of personal questions. Um, you two are brothers. You're four years apart. So that's probably enough of a distance that you never gotten fistfights with each other. I hope, Alex. I hope you didn't ever push <laughs> Steve. But um, what has it been like as brothers making a movie is about the hardest thing you could do. Um, what has it been like in your relationship as brothers being film producers together? Well, early on when we were growing up, we were in different worlds. Uh, I, I'm actually three years younger than Alex. He's three years younger than our oldest brother, Shannon. And we had different friends, different activities. But there was a day when we were being unkind and unloving to one another when we, uh, I remember Alex confronting me. He's like, what are you doing? He goes, we have to learn to be a team. And uh, he said, you're trying to embarrass me in front of my friends. Uh, he said, we have to learn to work together and support each other. And God convicted me about that. And God convicted us that we could be siblings and be friends and support each other. And so we started praying for, praying with one another, uh, backing each other up. And it got way more fun in our relationship. And, uh, and then since then, God has kept us together. He's allowed us to serve together in ministry. Our families go on vacation together every year, and we have a lot of laughter and a lot of fun. Our kids all love each other. Uh, but even now working together, we pray with each other on a regular basis. Yes, we disagree on issues, but we try to uh, work those things out in love. Uh, we will apologize and forgive each other you know, if we ever step out of bounds. And, uh, but God has called us to something that's a whole lot bigger than us in serving him and bringing him glory. And that unifying nature of the gospel and his word has, uh, has become a beautiful uh, thing in our relationship that we keep seeing God show up when we will walk in humility and in unity. And uh, we, we think, man, everybody ought to be this way. Man, make Jesus the center of your relationship. Pray for one another. Uh, support, serve one another, and watch God do something beautiful. That's, Stephen, that's a great answer. Now, was that when Alex had that talk with you? Were you still kids, or was this after you were making movies together in ministry? I was, uh, he was in college, and I was in high school. Uh, and uh, th that was the confrontation conversation, because he said, man, I could totally embarrass you and humiliate you in front of people, too, but I'm trying not to do that. And he said, but you're not doing that to me. You're kind of stabbing me in the back for a quick laugh. And uh, he said, we got to be a team. And, uh, and it was kind of like switching a, you know, flipping a switch for me. I was like, you know, I hadn't really thought about it that way before, but you're right. And so, uh, you weren't even aware then, you were doing it. He, and he probably knew you weren't aware that you were doing it or your insecurities, yeah. the younger brother, you thought you could do it. Cause he's a bigger brother. He, he can handle anything. Well, and, uh, I think when, when, the older you get, you start realizing that God has gifted your siblings in ways where you're weak. And instead of attacking each other or being jealous of one another, if you'll work together, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. You know, so Alex and I will co-write scripts together, but he's wired like a director and I'm wired like a producer. And uh, it has been a, a great uh, tag team experience to work on these films. And you're right. Making movies can be very, very difficult. And it's a two-year commitment. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. At the but very least, right? At it. the very least, it's a two-year. That's, that's the best case scenario. Yeah. 
Uh, Clearly, you're a better filmmaker than me because I tell people it's a seven-year commitment, but with you, it's a two-year commitment. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and some of the projects that we work on, if you back up, the idea started, you know, five, six, seven years earlier. But when we finally say, okay, let's do this, you know, usually – uh, by the time that the home video comes out and all that kind of stuff, it's two to three years later. So. Yeah, it's a basic enlistment in the military. And then uh, my, my last my last question is uh, for both of you is, you know, how has this impacted your relationship with God? I remember I asked Dr. Dobson when I was in college, saw him at an event. I said, Dr. Dobson, I hope to be one day as influential as you. Could you give me any advice? He said, yes, keep your distance from people. If you become as successful as me, you'll always let them down because you can never be who they imagine you are, who they imagine you are in their mind. I thought that was striking. You guys have become, you know, adored by everyone. We love you, and you're our filmmakers. But but how has that impacted your relationship with the community of believers, with God? I mean, I know it comes with great strain and struggle. Um, have you have you experienced anything like what Dr. Dobson said where um, – you know, you feel like we, the church, put a lot of expectations on you. And, and, and how does that impact your relationship with God as well? Well, you know, it's interesting that our culture tends to almost worship celebrities. When we see, you know, people cross paths with a Tom Cruise or a Harrison Ford or, you know, uh, some, some real famous actress, we like, oh, my goodness, there they are. I wonder if they'll let me get a picture or an autograph or whatever. And it's very interesting that they're just people. They are people. All of us are people created in the image of God. And what we learned getting our share of attention from doing the films, the Lord said, since you are my followers, you keep yourself humble before me and confident in the Lord. Stephen says this often when we speak, and it's very wise to say that Stephen says, we hope by the end of this journey. And he says it to our crew making the film or people working with us on a project he says we hope by the end of this you are more impressed with the lord than with us and and that's the way we should live jesus deserves the glory and the praise so we want we want to be fruitful we want him to use us but at the end of this we don't need more glory ourselves we need to reflect that to the lord and that we are fruitful in our work and we're good at what we do. But at the end of the day, we want people to see the Lord uses you and we're impressed with your God. Yeah. I would just add to that. We live in Albany, Georgia. We're not in Hollywood. Uh, The people here are not that impressed with us (laughs) and working with your siblings is very humbling because your sibling is not impressed with you. And, uh, and with, with, with God reminding us in his word, that we're nothing without him. We can do nothing without him. Even a pastor that is successful, you know, he talks about Jesus dying on the cross and people get it or getting saved, but Jesus had to do the dying. You know, <laughs> he had to do the raising. He does the saving. We get to share the good news of the gospel and share truth from God's word, but we can't change anybody's heart. You know, when we hear about marriages being saved around the world and you know, fathers reconciling with their kids after they see one of our films or praying and God showing up, we just talk about it, man. And so we're, when we're, we're just grateful every day for what God does. We're not impressed uh, with ourselves because we make a lot of mistakes, but, but we are so grateful to be able to serve such a big God. Well, you guys, have imp- uh, uh, we're impressed by your God as well, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful that you've corresponded your life to the grace that he has given you to make so many beautiful movies that have impacted 
our families, our friends, and our neighbors. Um, you've done your part with this movie Life Mark, and uh, it looks amazing. It looks to me like I think this is going to be my favorite film of yours, although pro-life is at the heart of my passion. Um, now, you got to give us our marching orders. What do you need us to do? You're in 1,500 screens tomorrow. What do you need us to yeah. do for you? Well, the movie's coming out uh, September 9th. It'll last a week. I would tell people go to lifemarkmovie.com. And at lifemarkmovie.com, you can type in your zip code and see what theaters is playing around you. I would encourage people, please share the trailer online. Uh, please tell people about it after you see it. Take a group of people with you and, uh, and use this movie to impact the people in your circumference of influence. But our hope is that people will have an encounter with God when they watch the movie. So pray for your community. Pray for the Holy Spirit to speak to hearts as people watch the film. And pray that it, the truths of the movie will impact your state legislators to turn their hearts. It'll impact your pastor, that he would support women's pregnancy centers that are faith-based, that he'll support adoption ministry in your community. Generally, people and Christians support adoption from a distance, but we need to get our hands dirty and realize that we're called to take care of the widows and the orphans in our community. Uh, James 127 says that's pure religion those that are the most helpless and vulnerable among us. And so the church needs to rise up and shine. We don't, we don't need to think the, the battle is over with. Even more so, you know, there's organizations that are raising funds to promote abortion, and movies in Hollywood are being produced to promote abortion even more. Now is not the time for us to sit back and think we've won anything. You know, God is advancing his kingdom, but I love Romans 12:21. It says, do not be overcome by evil, you overcome evil with good. And so the church has to rise up, unify, pray, and move forward in spreading love and truth and light and justice and compassion right now uh, while God gives us breath. Amen. Well, brother, I can promise you uh, we're going to be buying out theaters, sharing this film with our friends. We can't thank you enough for all that you've done and continue to do uh, to defend family, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to promote life. Uh, Kendrick Brothers, thank you very much. Thank you, Jake. God bless. Right, God Take bless care. you guys. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Mm-hmm.